you have to have confidence, deep, unending confidence and perseverance to eat rejection for lunch because nobody wants you to be successful, unfortunately, because they're all trying to be successful themselves. Hey guys, it's your girl, Ashley Graham, and you are listening to Business Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy, Joey Price. Over the past 30 years, Eddie Loren has successfully purchased and transformed $3 billion worth of multifamily real estate, acting as either principal or advisor, amounting to more than 180 thriving communities covering approximately 40,000 apartment units throughout the United States. And today he's going to tell you how he did it and talk to a little bit more about impact housing. Hey, Eddie, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with such a star. <laughs> you mean yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Eddie, I know that you're involved in real estate. You're also an entrepreneur. What attracted you to uh, real estate investing? Okay. Well, I started out pretty um, disadvantaged financially when I was young. So my father died when I was 10 months and my mom died when I was 17. So I went off to UCLA right after she died and I actually spoke at our graduation. How crazy is that? But nonetheless, uh, the day of the prom was the day of the funeral. So it was kind of weird. But I went off to UCLA, ordered myself and tried to figure out what is it that I want to do. I ended up being a psych major and I looked toward the three basic food groups, right? So I tried food and it wasn't that exciting. Clothing. I sold clothes. I was pretty good at it, but you know, I kind of focused on shelter. And I always remembered how tough it was to live in, you know, try to keep a roof over your head and worry about it. And I always had a kind of a sympathy for the underdog. So I kind of always went into lower end apartments, try to make them clean and safe. Because as the old adage says, you can be poor, but you got to be clean. So that's what my mother always taught me. So that's kind of what I gravitated toward, and I became good at it, and I, I'm kind of creative and had a good vision for how to transform assets and make them look as good as possible. So I always had the fake Gucci bag theory. You know, if you can't afford a real one, buy a fake one and make it really nice and be proud. <laughs> so that that's kind of how I transitioned to that the business, and I've been pretty good at changing people's lives where they live. Okay. And do you feel as though you carry your parents' legacy in some way? Are there some mantras or phrases or things that they taught you that you still carry out to this day? Well, absolutely. And not just my parents, but all of my mentors. My parents, of course, being poor and clean is one thing. But you know, one of my key mentors told me that good deals are made and not found. Any schmuck can buy a deal but it's only the right formula, the right chemistry, the right vision that can see what other people don't see and make a deal work, whereas others don't really get it. So I think that's probably been the overriding thing in my business career is that you just don't happen upon a great deal. You have to be creative and smarter than the next guy to make something work. And it's that way for any business, but specifically to real estate, I think that's really important. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily in real estate at the moment. I, I do own a home, but it's not an, an active investment. It's where I live. But so often, well, there's that quote that says people overlook success because it comes dressed as hard work. And people will ask me my favorite question, like, what's the one tip to be successful? Or I'm starting this new project. What's the one thing that I need to learn? And I always 
kind of chuckle because I'm like, okay, well, there's not just one thing. Like if you want to be successful, there isn't a magic bullet or a singular thing that if you only do this, you will be successful. Um, And I think that kind of uh, hits to your point of good deals being made where you've got to it's lunchtime or record. You got to get in the kitchen. You got to make things happen. You got to put together the right ingredients and, and work it. What are your thoughts on that? You have to learn to eat rejection for lunch. I think the more crap you eat, the more successful you'll be. And especially in this new generation, a lot of people are kind of soft. So the ones who can be very pointed and focused and persevere, I think will win out more than, you know, it's like 90% attitude and 10% aptitude. I think that's a little over extreme, but you know, it's often more important to get up and do something than to sit back and complain or dream or think. And, you know, there are many dreamers in this world, but they're not doers. So you're better off being a doer than a dreamer, but you also have to have the skills and have the right focus. And as you said, it's it's accumulation of life. So I'm 52 years old and I feel like I'm just now getting into my stride because I've made so many mistakes over the years. And, you know, you think, you know, the younger you are, the more you think, you know, and the older you get to realize how little, you know, <laughs> What's been a singular impactful lesson that you've learned from from a failure? I was focused on one partner who was turned out to be a predator, a partner meaning an equity partner. And that partner kept doing deals with me and then they eventually owned me. It's like you borrow um, a little bit, you know, it's versus borrow $100 million from a bank. It, it's the opposite scenario. So it, it really hurt uh, deeply because they took advantage of me and I was, you know, I went, fell into their spider web. You got to diversify. That's why in audit and in accounting, when you learn about accounting, you know, you don't want one client. And that was the problem. So I made money with a lot of different people, but not as much with these people. And it was really painful. You can't just have one single partner or investor or anything. You need to be diversified. So that's the greatest lesson I learned. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. We're listening. If you just tuned on the podcast, if you just picked it up, uh, you're listening to Eddie Lauren. He's the founder of Strategic Realty Holdings and Impact Housing, REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust. And he's the co-founder of this Happy Foundation. Yes. Happy Foundation was founded by my wife and I to promote health and wellness in apartment communities that are disadvantaged. So Oftentimes, these properties are in what call, what are called food deserts, and these kids have never even seen a real vegetable. And so we actually put in community gardens and health programming and after-school programming, and they can grow their own food. And to see their faces when they actually can eat the fruits of their labor is amazing. And this ties into uh, the work that you do with Impact Housing, which we'll touch on in, in a second. But someone's probably listening to this podcast and thinking, wow, a food desert, really? Uh, No real fresh fruit or vegetables. But that's the truth. There was a podcast I was listening to about a school in Chicago, in in Southside Chicago. And I believe this was, I think it was on Reveal. It's like an investigative journalism show. And they're talking about how there were fourth grade students and they had never heard the word ripe before and they'd never heard ripe in context. So they were doing word associations of, of ripe and unripe. And so this fourth grade teacher had to explain to students, OK, a green banana and a yellow banana, which one is ripe? And they had there was no context. That's um, amazing. That's it so is. Sick. 
It is. So so it paints the picture, really brings it home that there are people out there that are in unfortunate conditions where fruits and vegetables just aren't as readily available. And so it sounds like you're doing you're doing an awesome job of trying to make that not the case. Thanks. Yeah. So let's talk about Impact Housing. It's a real estate investment trust. And uh, you founded this a few years ago. Tell us one, for those that don't know, what's a real estate investment trust? And two, a little bit more about Impact Housing. A real estate investment trust is a great vehicle for people to invest a little bit of money, either through Wall Street or in this instance now, the laws have changed and you can invest directly with people like me where you couldn't before. You used to have to be a an accredited investor, which means you make 200000 a year and be worth a million bucks. Now you actually can come directly to offerings like ours and be part of institutional real estate holdings. And so what a real estate investment trust is basically a combination of different investors who invest with people like me. And it's just an easier vehicle to invest rather than the traditional way as people do limited partnerships, which are single purpose investments. So, and what is impact housing? We buy disadvantaged and neglected properties and transform them to a triple bottom line to our investors. The first bottom line is a financial return. The second bottom line is an environmental one. We go in and we renovate, we put in low flow toilets, we put in the um, electric retrofits. So we'll go to LED bulbs and save the residents money and save the carbon footprint of our planet. So that's an environmental return. And then the third return is a social return. We only rent to people who make less than 80% of the area median income in an area, so we can call it affordable. So that's really important so people can feel like there's a clean, safe, affordable place for them to live, and they're treated with respect and dignity, and we find they stay, they pay, and they refer their friends. And so that's the three bottom lines rather than just investing in real estate for a financial one. You can actually do well by doing good. And the definition of impact investing is that very same thing, doing well by helping the world. Where are your properties located? Well, this first deal we're doing is uh, in Maryland, uh, right outside of the D.C. area. And it's a high rise and it's got an incredible opportunity for us to save uh, water and expenses on electricity and the rent structure. And we're going to make really nice, uh, transform the area into an incredible, incredible opportunity for people to live. It's really going to be cool. We're going to create about a 5,000 square foot common area, internet cafe, business center, fitness center, amenity center. It's going to be amazing and have a sense of community with a kitchen so everybody can learn. And so again, you got 140 units in a high rise. And it's pretty cool that they can go downstairs and have a place to hang because social isolation is tantamount to smoking. In our opinion, you got to promote a sense of community and that's why they're going to stay and they're going to have a good good life. uh, Do you mind sharing the city? That's because Maryland's my neck of the woods. Oh, of course. Silver Spring. Okay. Yeah. I'm very familiar with the Silver Spring area. Uh, as I'm sure many of our our listeners in the in the DC metro area are as well. So, so you're doing your part to help not only uh, get investors profit, but to help fix the affordable housing crisis. If there's someone today who resonates with addressing affordable housing, what can they do to alleviate that economic issue that we face? Well, it depends on what resources they have, but everyone can 
make sure they tell their Congress people, not to get political, but um, it's really important that Congress and our president pay attention to the working poor, which I don't think is happening right now. So number one thing everybody in this world needs to do is say that vouchers are important, uh, subsidizing people that are working is important. Now, yes, there are people who game the system, but I don't think they're maybe but 10, 20%, and that's the fallout. What we need to do is focus on that 80% who are hardworking Americans who are trying to make a decent wage. And let's say if they make 11 bucks an hour full-time, the most they should pay in rent is 550. That's affordable, okay? Well, sometimes the rent's higher than 550. Should they be homeless? No, they're hardworking people. So we need to make sure that those vouchers are there to get them to that 11, $1,200 or whatever the rent is. And though there's no, no shame in the voucher. And this is the mentality. Everybody thinks they're, these people are lazy and gaming the system. I can tell you that every one of our residents are hardworking. They get up, the parking lots are empty during the day, and they're doing the best they can to raise their families and make money. And this is what needs to change in this country. And this current situation is the saddest part of it all. The mentality of Congress and government needs to change. So what can you do individually besides tell your congressman? And you need to be able to, if you have the ability to build an out door um, like a second granny flat. That's another opportunity. In the Los Angeles, they're allowing that. They should have allowed it 30 years ago. So you can add another 30,000 units for people that have room in their backyards to build a house and rent it out. And there's plenty of ways. The product is the problem. There's not enough product there. We had a bad recession. Nobody built anything. Nobody financed anything. And pretty soon the market got better. And now people are getting squeezed out. And so we just need more product. We need to buy existing product like I'm doing and deeming it affordable. If San Francisco did what I'm doing, they wouldn't have the problems they have. Because what happened in San Francisco is everything got renovated and gentrified and bought and rehabbed and became unaffordable. And so what's left? <laughs> we have to buy these properties and have a commitment to keep them affordable. So, uh, Eddie, we're heading towards the tail end of the interview here. And I always want to give the guests the last word. What advice would you give? Well, first of all, where can people find you online? But what advice would you give to a entrepreneur who wants to start a business that's fueled with purpose of making the world a better place? but they're just not quite sure. What advice would you share? Well, first of all, you have to have confidence, deep, unending confidence and perseverance to eat rejection for lunch because nobody wants you to be successful, unfortunately, because they're all trying to be successful themselves. So it's a very competitive world and it sucks, but it is. So you have to have the right attitude. You have to have confidence. You have to have stick-to-itiveness and believe wholeheartedly that you really have a great product or service that can benefit people and just willpower and elbow grease alone hopefully will make it and hopefully the product has legs and it'll take off but you can't give up you can't give up until you're absolutely every sign is there that you're gonna you're not gonna make it and it's really hard to tell yourself when to stop i mean that's really hard so i you know there's no right answer you just got to believe in yourself and go for it and there's no shame in picking yourself up and dusting yourself up and trying it again. And as far as how to reach us, it's www.impacthousing.com. We'd love to invite everybody to come help us change the world together, one apartment at a time. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at? Only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems. Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups 
and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLC Moments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.